Good evening and a very warm welcome to you all. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Football Out West Show. It's episode 96 as we inch ever so closely to episode 100. Good evening. My name is Tonchi Prusak and looking very studious and looking very, very, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, concentrating. My co-host, Craig Filer, and a big welcome back to Steve Curtin. First time in about a month. Great to have you back, Steve-O. How are things with you, firstly? Yeah, good thanks, Tonshi, and uh, good to have your company and Craig's again today, of course. Uh, thanks for having us back on the show after my hiatus, and we've had a good weekend of uh, watching some pretty good football around town over the weekend, and uh, I'm sure you guys have as well. So good evening uh, to you guys, and good evening to everyone tuning in from home. We hope you really enjoy the show tonight. Craig, how are you, mate? How's things with you? Yeah, very well. Much the same. Uh, busy weekend of football. Lots going on. Um, unfortunately, I got to got the uh, the dreaded phone call with the game being cancelled on Friday night at uh, at nights and uh, nights and uh, Green Gully. Green Gully. Yes, it was. Yeah, the, the, the local derby. And then Saturday we had games. And then Sunday uh, afternoon, I went out to watch uh, George Cross Metros play. Um, that was uh, very entertaining. I've uh, yeah, very entertaining. A very uh, yeah, it was it was different. Let's put it that way. So did they uh, ask you to pull the boots on, mate? No, I actually did the line, mate. So uh, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. I missed half the decisions because I was laughing so much. It was uh, it was a great afternoon. So come on, Steve. They're not that desperate now, are they? <laughs> no, they shouldn't be. Now, gentlemen. Um, well, uh, Craig, we had a ripper show last week. An awesome show is a slightly different format, and it was an absolute winner. We had no less than eight guests last week. Um, so we've decided, folks, to go with a similar type of format this week. The whole one hour and a half basically is going to be covering all the leagues, covering all the games, um, as or as many as we can. Last week we had eight guests, which was absolutely ridiculously hectic. So we've decided this week we're going to cut it down a bit. But um, Craig, nonetheless, it's not the quality. It's definitely the. It's not the quantity. It's definitely the quality tonight. We've got six super duper guests. Tell us who will, who can we expect on the show tonight? Yeah, as you said, Tonch, last week was a whopper, but we've uh, we've decided to condense it slightly um, to six, which is still going to be a big uh, big show. So we've got uh, John enough after his, ma- his side's uh, massive. Uh, Massive win yesterday, uh, Luban Pantelic from uh, Dandenong City. He's going to be joining us uh, to talk about that game and um, the uh, 
the result. Uh, Alex Cobo, uh, the head coach of Pascavale, he's going to come on board and and talk about their uh, their good uh, good win yesterday as well. Puts them in the the hunt in in third place there in MPL two. Then we're going to jump into Hoppers Crossing. Uh, Alan Vella, head coach of Hoppers Crossing, he's going to come on and talk about their season. And then we're going to miss a couple and get down to State League Four West. And we're going to get the and a new powers. club, a club we haven't featured on the show. Um, so a debutante club. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I've tried to get him on a few times, and we just haven't uh, managed to be able to tee anything up. But uh, yeah, the the side that keeps. Keeps forging, don't they? They had a fantastic season in State League 5 and doing exactly the same now in State League 4. It's uh, Sofiane Soufei from uh, um, Kilo Wolves. He's going to be coming on and having a chat. Then we're going to whip up to State League 5 North. For those listeners who say we don't do anything in the North, um, here's a club that's uh, doing very well in State League 5. Um, big game yesterday. Uh, Jay Phelan, who I know very well from my days down at Point Cook, he's uh, he's going to be joining us. And finally, we're going to get uh, Jonathan Clemente from the Heidelberg women's side, uh, MPL, who's yeah. going to come on and, and have a chat. Uh, I did try and get um, uh, uh, Brunswick Juventus head coach on, but they had a big game this afternoon, uh, first versus second against Essendon Rawls, and uh, it was just too much to get him on, but he said he'd come on next week for us. So, yeah, another great show. Another great show. A big shout-out to our major sponsor for this year, the Caroline Springs George Cross. If it wasn't for Caroline Springs George Cross, we would not have a football outwear show. And yes, yes, there are a lot of clubs in the northern suburbs and even the southeast say, why do you always just do the western suburbs? Guess what? We are the football outwear show. So we would love to cover cover other clubs from other geographical zones, but we need your support, don't we? We need the clubs. We need the businesses that support your clubs as well to jump on board and, 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 and support that what we're trying to do. And what we are trying to do is provide Victorian football with a, a medium that it doesn't really have and an opportunity for a lot of the lesser clubs, but the state league clubs, the VPLW clubs, et cetera, et cetera, to get a little bit of a profile. And um, look, four seasons, 96 episodes later, I think we're doing a pretty good job, but we could always do um, a better job, that's for sure. Yeah, look, and the feedback was very positive after last week, and I've had a f- couple of calls this week from uh, various people offering to uh, to help. Um, so we'll um, we'll certainly investigate that. But like you said, Tonch, you know, the more people that come on, the more that we can do, the more professional we can become, and uh, and try and create a, a better standard for every for everybody. So, if you are a first time viewer, um, welcome to the uh, Football Out Show, and contribute by popping a comment in the chat section. We've always got the regulars there, so it's great to see them. And we have some great conversations happening from time to time. We're going to have lots and lots to talk about tonight. We're going to take a very, very quick break. Um, A few messages from our major sponsor. And when we do return, it is all about NPL Victoria football with our first guest, um, the the coach of Dandenong City, Ljuban Palinic. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. find authentic Maltese cuisine? At Georgie's on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Rise. We have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids and seniors meals, and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of Palmers to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kids meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. 
And Friday night we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30pm. Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. See you at Georgie's on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs George Cross. Welcome to the Football Out West show. As we said, episode 96, we've got a huge, huge show lined up for you tonight. And we're going to kick things off with the NPL Victoria Roundup, the weekend roundup. And it is an absolute pleasure to welcome to the show the um, coach of Dandenong, Ljuban Kalinic. Ljuban, welcome to the Football Out West show. How are you? Good evening, boys. Uh, I'm well. How are you, Tonchi? Excellent, mate. Excellent. Great to have you on the show for the first time. Uh, gents, who wants to start off uh, the, uh, the questions? Craig? Yeah, I can jump. Uh, firstly, apologise for getting your surname wrong then. I actually couldn't read my writing loop, so do apologise, buddy. Uh, no, I'll jump in, mate. Um, look, uh, obviously, things have, uh, have been very tough down at Dandenong City this season. Uh, probably wasn't the season that everybody was anticipating at the start. Uh, but yesterday, you've got a, uh, a, a fantastic victory against Altona, uh, Altona Magic. Um, uh, give us a little bit of an insight into that game. Obviously, the result, uh, what that meant for you, as it was uh, at, uh, at five o'clock yesterday afternoon. Um, yeah, just give us your thoughts on the game. Yeah, definitely. It was a really important game for the entire club and all the boys um, just to be keep ourselves in the race uh, in that relegation battle. Uh, obviously, today's result with uh, Hume City uh, getting the three points again, it tells us you know we can't rely on other teams uh, and we've got to just focus on making sure that uh, every game we collect as many points as possible. Um, but it was a great performance from the boys and they dug deep and it's good to see that we could take the three points from Altona. Uh, Luba and Steve here. Uh, one of the players who's been an interesting signing, and you've made a few of late, is Nicholas Dibb coming back from, I think, a uh, unheralded club in England. Uh, a little bit about how that transfer came about. Yes, yeah, so obviously Nicholas Dibb was someone who uh, had been at the club in the past um, before heading uh, over to England. Um, and then we were thinking about, obviously, his brother signed a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, he was thinking about coming back home. We thought it might be a good opportunity to get another midfielder and just strengthen the squad. I think we didn't have enough depth from the very start of the year uh, and it allows us to kind of um, make different choices in different periods of the game. Uh, So he was someone that we definitely uh, wanted to bring across and he's been a great addition. He's very technical. He's got the ability to play multiple positions. So I'm very happy with the way he's contributed to the team in the first week. Tonch. Now, Ljubin, we'll, we'll do some of yeah, we'll go through some of the results now. Um, while we're just um, we'll, we'll do a recap of the uh, round gone by. As Craig mentioned, the Melbourne Knights Green Gully game that was postponed on Friday night. Bentley Greens and uh, we've got a little bit of footage here. We'll actually play some of this. Uh, Bentley Greens on Friday night, three uh, 0 winners over Eastern Lions, probably to be expected. Oakley Cannons, 4-1, thrashing over Avondale. Um, Dandenong City, as we mentioned, you guys dis- defeated Altona Magic two goals to one. Port Melbourne Sharks, geez, they're running into some very, very very good form at the moment. 4-0 winners over Heidelberg United. 
South Melbourne, continuing on their merry way with a 2-1 win over Dandenong Thunder. And then earlier tonight, uh, earlier today, in fact, uh, St. Albans Saints, uh, your your sister club, um, uh, Lubun, they went down by Hume City 1-0 with a last, well, a late-minute goal. So um, things aren't really looking good there for the Saints. But uh, um, it's been a it's been a really riveting sort of finish to the season. And on the weekend, when, when you were so thrilled with that win, um, it comes back down to, uh, like now, Hume City have won, um, you know, St. Albans have lost. So that makes that competition um, for, for spots even more intense. Um, your run home is really intense, speaking of run home. So out of the last five games, I think four of them are all top four teams or something like that. Um how are you going to prepare the boys? Basically, kind of nothing to lose, everything to gain type of mentality or attitude. What what awaits Dandenong City fans over the next four to five weeks? Look, what I've really tried to reinforce to the boys is that um, they've got everything to play for. You know, uh, like I said to them, you know, it's uh, really important that you understand um, what it means for the club to be in this position. Um, and for them as players as well, you know, it's something that that's always going to stay with them if they are part of the relegation. Um, so it's every week and every minute counts for us. Um, we really want to make sure that you know the players that are playing are there to play uh, for the shirt and for themselves as well. And that's the most important thing that they need to realise. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a challenge. We know that there's uh, some top teams uh, that we're about to face in the you know next five games. But I have all the confidence that we can still get points uh, with the additions that we've made in the transfer window. I certainly think there's points to be won there and it's going to go down to the very end. Um, So the last game, I think, is uh, where a lot can happen. Um, So the boys need to be in the run um, all the way and fight for every single point uh, till till that last game of the season. Well, you just talked about that run in there and uh, let's just go through the fixtures very quickly. You've got more uh, uh, Port Melbourne away on Saturday. Then you, you've got Heidelberg United away. Then you're home to Avondale, away to South Melbourne, and then home the final game of the season down at uh, Frank Houlihan um, against Bentley Greens. They really don't come any harder than that today as a as a as a finish to to any season. Uh, you're you're playing teams from the top five. What's the expectations from you as the as the gaffer um, coming into those final five games in in terms of uh, points. What? Where do you realistically think that you need to get, or what do you realistically think you're going to have to get out of those five games to uh, to to avoid uh, a relegation? Well, I think I think you know if, if we can win every game, it would be fantastic. But uh, realistically, uh, I, I'd say that you know, we'll take one game at a time. Um, let's focus on this week against Port. Try and take three points, and then we'll go on to the next one. So. Probably won't, you know, set any kind of expectations for the boys, but I, I certainly believe that, you know, we need to pick up at least three of these games out of the five uh, to have any chance of, of, of surviving. Um, and I'm confident in the boys that I, I certainly think that, you know, if we play our game and if the boys, you know, prepare for the game appropriately and make sure that they're mentally switched on, there's every opportunity that we can beat anyone in the league. I think that's just how the league is. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luban, one of the interesting players yesterday was Tommy Semi uh, on loan against Altona, playing and assisting a, a goal for Cooper Legrand to uh, get you guys up and running in the match. Um, what did you say to him before the game? And was he especially pumped up to play against Altona? Yeah, definitely. Look, Tommy was uh, really excited about the the game and he had a top game. He set up the first goal and then obviously the second goal came from um, being tackled in the box uh, with a penalty. We All I expected from him is basically to stay calm uh, and just play his game you know, and believe in himself because obviously um, he's a great player. He's very talented. He's got incredible speed um, that he can use to his advantage. So, you know, he, he, did, he did a great job for us uh, this week and hopefully he can follow with the weeks to come. Craig, you wanted to say something? No, look, I, I was just going to say it comes obviously um, without going into, you know, uh, details um, too much, Lou, but obviously five big games, five cup finals, um, you know, Culture and togetherness in the change rooms now is going to be absolutely key in those last five games. You can only do so much from from a training perspective and from the touchlines on a game. Um, the boys really need to to step up now over those next five games. And as you said, you know they don't want to be part of that relegation team that got the club relegated. So how how is the culture and how is the team uh, the the dressing rooms there? Obviously, last night was a massive result for you. That's going to bring. Uh, everybody closer together with a big running, but how are things down there? Because it's been a difficult season for you, for well, you guys. It's been, it's been a difficult season, as you can imagine. Um, no one wants to be in the position that we're in. Um, we're certainly doing everything we can as a club uh, to make sure that the boys feel that uh, you know we want to help them to get out of this situation. Um, so we'll do whatever we can. But you're right. You know, everything is about the boys in the change room and fighting for one another for every single moment of the game and making sure that they believe. It's really important that they believe that they can get themselves out of this situation. Um, and that's what we're trying to convince them, that they're good enough to do it. Um, so constantly reinforcing to them that, you know, you need to believe in the fact that you have the ability to be able to beat any team in this league. Um, obviously, injuries and and depth probably is something that's put us in this situation and that, that we as a club will learn about and um, obviously try and change that in future years to come. Now, Luban, you are a club man through and through and you stepped in when uh, Mickey Cholina uh, parted ways with uh, with Dandenong City and, um, you know, you'll be there in for the long haul. But have you already sort of started in the back of your mind starting to put a contingency plan together in the event that, you know, Dandenong City was to get relegated? and was to fall down to NPL 2. Does the planning sort of start almost immediately for next season to try and get back up to the top as quickly as possible? Or is it a case of, look, let's just take it one week at a time. Once this season is finished, then we'll see what the club wants, what you want as a coach yourself. Or, you know, are you starting to work on, you know, various dimensions already? Yeah, look, I mean, when, when, when I stepped into the role, the long-term plan was not to stay in the role. Um, it was going to be for a short period. Obviously, my primary role at the club is that I'm the director of football. Um, but uh, there wasn't a lot available uh, in that at that time. And we felt that during that period, it might have been best that, you know, I see the season out, which we're going to do. And then hopefully we'll plan for what's to come uh, in the coming, obviously, weeks and months. Uh, but at the moment, it's really focusing on right now, 
Um, there's a massive game this uh, next weekend, and we want to focus on that. And the week after that, we focus on that. And in the background, obviously, we'll do our work, um, whether it's you know for for the purposes of signing players for the following year or, or re-signing players. Um, but there's you know the focus is to make sure that we try and survive and stay into the, in the NPL. That's the primary focus. And last one for me, Luban. Um, what do you make Absolutely. of your opposition for next week, the uh, the Port Melbourne Sharks? Have you watched any of their footage of their game on the weekend? They, they look like they're in uh, they're in good form at the moment. A four nil win um, for them, going along pretty nicely in, in, in third place. Um, yeah, what, what what do you make of uh, Port Melbourne? For me, I, I think Port Melbourne uh, probably plays one of the best brands of football um, in the league. Um, the way they move the ball around, they can be very, um, they're very attacking, um, which I really love and, and enjoy actually watching them play. Mm. Uh, so Adam Pittick's doing a great job over there with them. Uh, it's going to be a difficult game, no doubt about it. But there is opportunity to also, you know, you know, counter that and, and, and use that as a way of motivating us to be better on the day. Um, so, Look, I, I look forward to the game. I think it's going to be a good test for the boys. Um, last time when we played at home, it was uh, it was difficult to play against them, but we got ourselves a draw, and I certainly think that we can get something out of the game as well this coming week. Awesome. On that note, it is going to be a hard run, um, hard run home, a hard slog home, no doubt about that. Lilban, uh, we wish you and Dandenong City all the very, very best. Um, from a personal note, I'd love to see Dandenong City stay in, say, and hopefully North Geelong getting so that there are four Croatian-backed clubs there in NPL. If the Greeks can have their four, why can't the Croatians as well? But um, it will be what it will be, and um, wishing you all the very best. It is going to be a tough run home, and all the best for the season, for the last five games of the season. Thanks, boys. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks, Lubin. Well, good luck for the rest of the season, bud. Thanks, Lubin. Good on you. All right, gents, we're going to take a very quick break. When we return, it's time to tackle NPL 2 football. And what what a division that one is. That one is going to be really interesting. We've got the Pasco Vale coach, Alex Kobo, coming on shortly after this. Um, So don't go away, folks. It's episode 96 of the Football Outwear Show. We're back with you very, very shortly. Guzman Finance, Point Cook's professional and trusted mortgage broker. Using the latest technology powered by Australian Finance Group, their lender panel has over 30 institutions, including the major banks. Whether you're in the market for your first home, refinancing, renovating, or buying an investment property, contact Andreas on 0425 826 055 or visit their website at guzmanfinance.smartonline.com.au. George's on Vista is in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs George Cross. Looking for a bit of fun with your meals? Tuesday night is bingo night. Bingo books are $2, eyes down at 7 And we have a special bingo menu for you to choose from, so be sure to get in early and grab a bite to eat beforehand. Friday night is poker night. Registration is from 6.30pm, with poker starting at 7.30pm. Why not join us beforehand for happy hour? Kicks off at 530 we're also on Uber Eats, so you can enjoy your favourite Georgie's meals in the comfort of your own home. Find us on the app. Dining in? Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment 
Bookings can be made via our website, georgesonvista.com.au. Welcome back to the uh, Football Out West show. It is an absolute pleasure to have you all here today. Um, hopefully, well, we haven't got a fo- a p- an image of Alex Kobo, but um, can you hear us at least? Alex, are you there? Yes, guys. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you for some yeah, reason. We just can't see your your um, lovely face, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you over the, uh, or the the audio if you like. First of all, welcome to the show, um, Alex. And Pasco Vale, a good win yesterday, a come-from-behind win against uh, lowly Werribee City. It was a sort of a bit of a slog, but in the end, you got there. Um, tell us through, the, take us through the game. Um, in the end, it was a, um, I think it was a three-one win. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. No, well, first of all, thank you guys for for the invite. Um, well, definitely, um, it, it was every game in MPL two um, is is a tough game, you know. I think every single team in the competition has something to play for, um, and, and Werribee is not, and as it's not, it's not different. You know, um, they definitely they want to get any points to get out of the rele- um, relegation um, zone, and as we we trying to stay in the in the race for for promotion, and so you know every game is is playing with with a lot of um, passion and desire, and that's why. Um, you can never go into a game thinking that you know you have points that that is going to be an easy game for sure. Well, we've got some footage there of uh, Br- Br- um, Brunswick uh, City defeating no. uh, Bulleen Lions. So that's nothing coming up this time. Yeah, we've got Alex's face on though now. Oh, now we've got the blank screen. <laughs> Lots happening in the background. Um, Alex, I'll jump in with a question. Uh, next up, you're playing Kingston City down at the Grange on uh, Monday, tomorrow week. Um, long break to prepare for that one. Uh, interesting fixture. Monday night games there have been a little bit crazy. Uh, there was one there featuring who you, your opposition from the weekend, Werribee, uh, where they got the win there. Can you see yourselves going there and getting the win against Kingston uh, on Monday of next week? Well, look, uh, honestly, we have um, a lot of respect for each each team in this competition. Uh, I mean, we have to play the games first to, to really see whether we can win or not. But what we're doing is we're trying to prepare in the best of our, our ability uh, with our players, you know, explain them what is, uh, uh, how can we hurt the opposition, how we can get the points, you know. We, what something that we want to do and um, is to impose our football, you know, no matter where we're going, no matter where the pitch is, you know, no matter who, who is in front of us, we, we see ourselves as a club that should be, that wants to play that kind of football and, and, and we try to do it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but um, every week and every training session, uh, we prepare to that. So we're going to definitely, we're going to go to, to, to Kingston uh, to put a good a good game, you know, and for, for, for us, obviously, to enjoy. I said to the boys, you know, at the end of the day, this is a game, you know, and there needs to be an enjoyment out of it. Otherwise, you know, it, you know, it becomes like a job, you know, and, and mm. I think all of us, we got involved in football because we love it. And the moment we stop loving something and we just do it for the money or for something else, well, it completely changed how much... Um, how how, uh, how free you play, you know, and I think that's something that I always want the boys to to understand, and and and, and with that, 
hopefully we get a result. That's a really good comment, what you said, and we'll just uh, we'll go through the fixtures, but a really good comment that you mentioned then about players playing freely. And I I, I uh, have a regular update with my players, and you know, I talk to them about being free and being calm because I've never seen anybody do well when they're under pressure and anything, mm-hmm. whether it's your job, um, you know, so playing freely, being relaxed is a massive importance, especially when you're playing football because you're doing it for enjoyment. So why do you get yourself het up in, in situations that you really should be enjoying? So it's a really good comment you said uh, you, you said then, and uh, one that I uh, I definitely uh, definitely agree with and use all the time. But just quickly go into the results from the weekend uh, from MPL two. So um, obviously Brunswick and the Kingston game was uh, was called off on Friday night. Obviously yourselves beating uh, um, Pascal Vale. Uh, sorry, no, you didn't. You beat Werribee, didn't you? Werribee, um, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it hard to beat Pascal Vale. <laughs> result against uh, Boleyn. <laughs> probably an unexpected result. Boleyn have uh, sort yeah. of dropped off the last couple of weeks, a little bit inconsistent. A 1-0 win there for, for Brunswick City. Orland City uh, travelled up to Shepparton to take on uh, Goulburn Valley um, and came away with a very healthy 4-0 win to keep the pressure on at the top. Uh, Langwarren uh, were defeated uh, 3-2 by Northcote, who, uh, who changed their coach um, midweek. Um, got a uh, got a, an instant uh, a result uh, with a 3-2 win down there at Langwarren. And the other game in the in the round was Manning and Blues taking on uh, tabletoppers and North Geelong uh, with a 1-1 result there. So, you know, that result for Manningham um, really draws every and, and Moreland winning, of course, drags everybody now really back into that race, doesn't it? Because you look at the table, just throw the table back up again, Tonch, for us. It's so Here we close. go. It's so close up there, isn't it? I think it's just the reason that, that we are 30 points, so we are above Bulling Lions. Yes. Yeah, it's the wrong way around. That's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So you should be in fourth position at the moment mm-hmm. um, on 30 points. And But Brunswick Juventus, they're an interesting one. There's a bit of euphoria at the club. They've just changed their name. They had a big function there, um, I think it was over the weekend, where they had 150 people turn up celebrating it. They're really, really now, and, and they're, they're very much in form. Um, are they the danger team that Moreland City and North Geelong re- and, and yourselves obviously being the fourth place team? Is Brunswick Juventus the team that everyone's fearing at the moment? Or, you know, is North Geelong, Moreland City looking good at the moment? You guys obviously are wanting to give it a, a, a right royal shake. Um, what's, what's your assessment of the state of affairs at the top of the competition standings? Well, look, I mean... Um... For us, obviously, Brunswick Juventus has been um, one of the favourites um, before the season started. They have, you know, they, they have in the past every year, they put very strong teams together. You know, they, they want to win the league every single year. You know, we know how ambitious they are. Uh, they have good players. You know, they have an experienced coach, you know, uh, Sebras, um, Brunswick Juventus right now, they, they're doing a good job. You know, I still believe that five games, you know, um, for every single team in this competition, they're so crucial. So it's not an easy game for them or for anybody, you know. And yeah, they, they just picked up a little bit of a bit of form. But uh, as you can see, the results um, is very a little bit of inconsistency across uh, the teams, you know, when sometimes you would expect teams to win. 
that doesn't happen. And what it, what it means is that the league, uh, well, they have good teams that, that they have, the opposition is also tough, you know, and you can never rule out anybody, you know, regardless of where they stand in the table, you know, and for example, GPS, I think GPS is a, is, is a good side, you know, and probably they doesn't say in the points, but it's one of the teams with um, best uh, playing patterns in the league, you know, and um, they still, you know, haven't got the result, but that doesn't mean going over there. It's an, it's an easy walk up and, you know, and you just grab the points. So, Brunswick Juventus, obviously, they, they, they feel a bit informed, you know. No, Geelong has been probably the most consistent side in the league, you know. Nothing too crazy in terms of results, you know, for them. Uh, more than City, I think they just backed again. But I think what, what I really believe is that every single team, no matter how well they've been doing, uh, at some point, you hit that low form, that, you know, like you just lose players, suspension, mm. results don't go your mm. way, you know. How you react to those moments, I think that's why it's crucial for the next five games, you know, because I think there will be a lot of uh, players unavailable, with, especially with the accumulation of yellow cards, for, for example, you know, end of the year, you know, injuries, things like that. So I think I think right now the, 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 the league is on, you know, and um, nobody was expect, expecting, for example, Geelong to, to lose or to draw against Manningham, but Manningham playing well. They have a good side. They pick new players. So halfway, when as soon as after the window, it's like you don't know the teams anymore. Kind of thing, yeah. you know. You have two or three new players, and those three players bring energy, enthusiasm to the team. And all of a sudden, now you have a completely different caliber of player of team to play. Like where it be five, yeah. seven players yeah. look so yeah. different. Um, Alex, speaking of new players, you've brought back Nick Georgopoulos to the club. You've got another signing from. Uh, the Golden Valley Suns, uh, Willie, who scored on the weekend. How is the squad looking after those additions in the the transfer window? Look, we um we we lost four players since the beginning of the season for different reasons: injuries, mm. um, um, some players for work commitments couldn't 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 stay, and we brought four players. Pretty much the players that we that we lost, we signed them. Um, well, Nick Georgiopoulos is is a player that is a Paco boy. He's, he's someone that is not a stranger to anyone in the club. You know, when when I knew that he he was keen to come back to Pascovel, well, for me it was it's, it's a no-brainer. You know, Nick is a very intelligent footballer. You know, with um, with you know uh, he can give us a lot right now. But thinking as well uh, that he could be uh, a player that. Uh, states at Pascovel and, and and see and play, playing for for the next couple of years. You know, Willie is a left back from GBS, um, someone international, left left back, very strong, very quick, great boy. Um, I think he will he will grow into what we're doing into our dynamic. Then we have um, Adam Gardner from Hume City. You know, has been a champion of the MPL one. Um, in 2020, 2021, 2020, uh, when he was playing for the, I think, in the Queensland team, you know, and he did really well. So he has he has a quality footballer. And Tom Harris, Tom Harris is the, the one who scored against Werribee, mm-hmm. no Willie. So Tom Harris is the one who, who scored. Uh, um, right winger, attacking player with um, uh, fantastic striking technique, you know, and with a lot of um, enthusiasm and energy, you know, so um, I'm very, very happy with the, with the players we have at the moment. 
I think they're just uh, exactly what we need to to give it a good crack to to the end of the season. Yeah. Now, do you obviously the the uh, the senior, uh, the reserve sort under twenty ones are doing very well, sitting second in the uh, in the table, and the, there are some good youngsters, promising youngsters uh, in the background, uh, looking for opportunities to to uh, to play in the seniors. Alex. Yeah, always, always. Um, no, normally, we have we have players from the under twenty ones with a full trying on uh, deal with us, so they they train with us full time. Um, at the moment, we have. We have two players, who are, but uh, you know, every week we have we, we're trying to reward the players who perform the best over the weekend. Sometimes is my decision because I've seen them. Sometimes I speak to Nick and Oliver for us for them to um, you know to suggest the players that are doing really well. So for us, it's really important the important part of the. Of the system that we have at Pascovel, that that young footballers have an opportunity to to develop, you know, and that's one part of the development that the young footballers train with with the seniors, and then be able to cope, be able to deal. Um, we had the opportunity to few of those boys to play in the cup, and also they play as well. Some of them have already debuted this year. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, and we will wrap it up because we're uh, running out of time, your next five games, Kingston away, as we've spoken about, then you've got North Geelong at home, Boleyn away, Moreland at home, and Northcote away. So again, we talked about the, the MPL and some big fixtures there for Dandenong City. Um, that's just as uh, that's just as difficult, those last five games. Um, look, I suppose from from everybody, mate, we wish, wish you the best uh, in those five games. It's certainly not going to be easy, but... Um, You've on a good run of form, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully you can get into one of those uh, top two spots. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Definitely not going to be easy, but we definitely we we are up to the challenge, and we'll see um, at the end of the five games. We'll see what what, what the results it is. Awesome. Thanks, Alex, Thank you very luck. much, Alex, for being on the show. Alex Kobo, the coach of Pasco Vale. And it seems like to me that there's a common denominator that all of the NPL competitions are very, very exciting indeed, as is, we have a very good run home. Very quickly, looking at the NPL three standings there, Melbourne City and Preston Lions on top. The big result there was Mel, uh, Preston Lions defeating Melbourne, victory 1-0. Western United also losing to Doveton. 1-0. That was a very, very interesting game as well. Um, very quickly, um, State League 1, Caroline Springs doing very, very well at the top of the competition standings there with 37 points. Uh, the big result there was uh, Carayo, lowly Carayo defeating Banyol City 1-0 and Caroline Springs' George Cross defeating Brimbank Stallions. So that was absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, we're, we're going to um, go very, very quickly, gents, without taking any break. Uh, Craig, it's time now to uh, introduce our next guest, and we're going to be now dropping to the uh, State League 2 competition, another very, very interesting competition. And um, who's our next guest all the way from State 2? We have. It's uh, it's a pleasure to invite good friend uh, Alan Vella, who's uh, who's taken the reins up at, at Auckland's Crossing for the last couple of seasons. Good to see you, Al. You look nice and relaxed there, mate. Everything good? Nice and relaxed. All good, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. Not a problem. It's Sunday night. It is a time to relax. Uh, uh, although <laughs> the weekend just gone by for you wasn't exactly the most relaxing. Um, it was a 2-0 loss against Altona East Phoenix. What happened there? Uh, Ellen, take us through yeah. the game. Look, just uh, it's been probably the 
the part of our last probably nine weeks of we've been playing some good football, but just obviously our final third haven't obviously put away our chances, and then we're copping silly goals from silly mistakes as well. So it's probably cost us a big time, um, and especially in this league, you can't make silly mistakes without conceding. So um, it hasn't really been good the last couple of weeks anyway. Definitely, definitely. Well, Alan, well, it is good you're looking relaxed because uh, coaching at Hoppers must be agreeing with you, of course, so that's always good to see. But how has the squad handled the season this year? Obviously, it's our first um, full season since 2019 that we're going to get. And also the way that Football Victoria's run it, particularly of interest, I suppose, to state league level, is that there's been no weeks off. It's been game every week, every week, plus the cup games at the start of the season. Normally, we'd get a week off at Easter, maybe Queen's birthday or somewhere, catch-up round or something. No breaks at all. How's the squad... Uh, standing up to the rigours of uh, the season? It hasn't been too bo- uh, too bad, actually, because we've gone with a, a lot of a younger side this year. So, obviously, the younger boys have been really energetic and, and want to be playing, which is good. Um, and, like I said, during the season, haven't been much help with, obviously, players getting injured and suspensions and, you know, work commitments as well, which uh, they're pretty full on with at the moment. Um, but the squad's shaping up well. It's, like I said, it's been really good. Uh, we had a good start to the season with a good young group. Um, and we've probably got a bit of ahead of ourselves as it got to halfway through. Um, and now we're sort of looking at, you know, clubs that are sort of you know, bringing experienced players in and, and really improving their squads where we're just sort of sticking with the young base and, and seeing how we go from there. OK, let's go through the, through the results, the weekend results. We had Epping City 1, Geelong Rangers 3. So bottom side Geelong Rangers, a very, very valuable win there. Um, as we mentioned, Hoppers Crossing nil, Altona East Phoenix 2. Laylor United defeated Western Suburbs 3-2. Now, the big one, the big one, and we had Kevin Thuma on last week, and oh, I think we're the reason why he got so pumped up and, and in turn the boys there at Mill Park. They defeated Upfield, the previously undefeated Upfield, 1-0. So well done to uh, Mill Park and Kevin Thuma. Uh, Moreland United 1, Westgate 1. And Hume United won versus Albion Rovers won. So we can we can uh, see the ladder there in front of us. But uh yeah, it's 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 not just the NPL divisions, Craig, but uh all of the divisions, even the state league on any day, anyone can beat anyone, isn't it? It just really adds to the excitement of the competition. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, it's great to see that the club have uh, have gone down the youth path as well. I know they've had a very successful, you know, five or six years of the club and uh, won a lot of uh, promotions and had a very settled squad. But as players, uh, as players become older, they move on and uh, and it's a cycle of football. Now, one player you do have come back is uh, is a legend of the club, isn't he, Mister Smart? Uh, Alistair has uh, has decided to come back to his uh, his uh, his beloved um, Grange Reserve. Um, I don't suppose he needs any settling in, does he? Al? No, he doesn't actually. So the first couple of weeks, we've sort of eased him into it. Um, he played his first full game um, on the weekend against Tony East. And as Ali does, he just works hard and, and gives you everything he's got. And he, said he doesn't take a backward step, let's put it that way, which is good. Um, sorry, I was just going to say, sorry, Steve. Yeah. Uh, part of my question was, um, obviously... Um, have you uh, did, did, have you um, been told um, what the situation is regards to um, uh, promotion this year? Is it one club going in? Is it two? Is it one one going up and one playing a, a playoff? Good question. Do, do I'm you know? Too short to be honest. Like I said, I've spoke to t- spoke to Brenton, and obviously he's uh, all the facts man around the club. Um, and he's told me obviously one team from each division is going to go up, um, and one team's going down. So I don't know how true that is. 
Um, nothing's been communicated to us from the FFV, so I wouldn't have a too fuss about it, to be honest. I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Well, I got a message from the Geelong Rangers coach, Steve Tillinger, who was very excited um, after the lo- the win on the weekend. And he did say to me that he believes it's one team that gets the drop. So um, yeah. keeping keeping them in the competition there, we, if we look at that, everyone thought it was two up, two down like it normally is. But this year, yeah. no one seems to know anything. And Football Victoria, with their um, communication, seems to be a bit strange because... Uh, mm. A lot of people just aren't aware, and it's it's a bit sort of I won't say farcical. Is that too strong a word to use, gents? But like if you if you're in the competition, we're three quarters of the way through, and we still don't know exactly what's happening. Um, that's a bit strange. Uh, not to worry, um, <coughs> Alan. Your next game is in fact against Geelong Rangers. Now, every time when you guys come up, you old um, Mossfield Rangers versus Geelong Rangers clash. It's the battle of the British clubs and what you're not. That is a special occasion, always is for both clubs and both um, sets of fans. Uh, uh, it's up at Myers Reserve at Geelong this year. Is anything special being planned for this particular game? Uh, not that I know of. Obviously, I think the boys have organised uh, for obviously the Hoppers boys to go up on the bus, so um, that could be very interesting. Um, but like I said, I, I'm not too sure if they've organised anything or anything like that. But it's always a big game when we come up against Geelong Rangers, and I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a good test for us again. Could be a noisy bus ride home as well. I'm suspecting yeah. it will be, Alan. But um, <laughs> we were talking about some of the the smarts in the team, metaphorically and and actually physically named smart. <laughs> Kevin's still going. Um, has has he got another five years left in him? Has he? Well, he keeps on telling me he's got five years left in him. Um, yeah. I just keep him saying, let's just go for two for now and um, let's see where that takes us with his body. And obviously that hammy going uh, probably three or four weeks ago, he just came back into obviously the team yesterday as a full game yeah. um, and then played half a game against Suburbs the week before. So he seems to think he's got five years, but I just said, let's just take it one year at a time and, and let's see how that body holds up on him. Awesome, mate. All right. On that note, thank you so much. Enjoy the uh, trip up to Geelong and to Geelong Rangers. Um, I'm sure their hospitality is always going to be fantastic. And I've, I've actually watched some of these games in the past, and they are a memorable thing. It's a real catch-up for a lot of the uh, uh, past members, past players, and what you know. And I believe I'm speaking of Geelong Rangers, if I'm not mistaken. Troy Hardy, we talk about a big a veteran like uh, Alistair Smart, Troy Hardy, who must be oh goodness knows how many years he's he's on, um, but he was in the uh, he was a goalkeeper yesterday, so stepped into the sticks. So uh, oh, wow. Steve, we, we might have to have him on the uh, on the Geelong Region Soccer Show tomorrow and find out a we little bit more to. about that. We might need to because it might be their good luck charm because they got the win yesterday. So yeah, yeah. well, that's it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you might absolutely. Get, you might get a start next week against you guys. Look out. <laughs> yeah, Al, on that note, thank you very much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Well, all the very best, not just for next week, but for the rest of the season. And um, we love hearing um, all positive things from Hoppers Crossing Soccer Club, a really, really good club that has supported the Football Outwear Show on many, many occasions in years gone by. Thanks, guys. Appreciate having me on, mate. Thank you. Good. Thanks, Al. Good Thanks, Thanks, Al. Guys, Al. Best of luck. Oh, that was Alan Vella. Hoppers crossing a great club. Um, the Rain Man, Brenton Ray, um, the smart um, husband and wife team there, Jess, the president, Kev, um, who's just the alpha and omega of the club, does absolutely everything. And now we've got Alistair Smart back as well. So we've got a bit of this and a bit of that. It's, a, it's great to see. 
Gents, we're going to take a very, very short break. Um, when we return, um, we're going to whiz through this. We're going to go to State 4, and we'll be catching up with a club um, we have not featured so far on the show, Keelor Wolves, and we'll be speaking to their coach, Sofiane Sophie. So don't go away, folks. It's the Football Outwest Show. Looking for a space for your next function? At George's on Vista, our function room caters for all types of functions. Milestone birthdays, special religious occasions, work functions, hens or bachelor nights, baby showers, or whatever reason you decide is a good idea to get together with family and friends. Contact our friendly staff who will help you put together a menu that will suit your special occasion. Inquiries can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. George's on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross. Welcome back to the Football Out West show. We're going to have a, um, a, a, a we're going to talk now state four football. Craig, would you like to make the introductions? Yeah, I would. It's uh, it's it's it really is a pleasure because we've uh, tried to get this guy on numerous times and it never never happened for various reasons. He's uh, he's uh, probably been the manager of Football Victoria's. Uh, if there was an award, he would he would definitely have won it for the last couple of years, wouldn't he? He's taken Keeler Park unbeaten in State League Five, now up to State League Four. He is the magician, Sofiane Soufé. How are you, mate? Very well. Good evening, Jen. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Now, for all the women, don't get all gooey with the accent, okay? He's just a footballer. That's it. Nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, funny. How are we? <laughs> good, man. Very good, good. Um, Sophia. Yeah, go on, Steve. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's let's uh, launch in and talk. You had a match against Barnstoneworth United uh, at home last night under lights. Let's talk a little bit about that one. Beautiful. It's a good thing the club has uh, introduced uh, a few uh, night games this year. It brings something special at the club. You know, as a community club, we all play football for this reason to have. One, two, three hundred, if you're lucky, 100% at the club, having a drink. Uh, Macedonian loves the Chevapi there. And uh, yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. Football-wise, it wasn't that good because we we tend to have a... It's becoming a trend now for the last two, three weeks. We tend to to lose at halftime and come back in the game in the second half. So they have a, they have a very strong striker, this, uh, this Basha boy up front. He's the second best goal scorer in the league. He's very strong, very fast, very good player. Uh, they scored earlier, halftime, we were losing 1-0. Then we had to, to take the microphone in the change room, shake the boys. We came back and uh, we got the job done. Luckily, it was good. What did you say at halftime? What I say was uh, accountability. Right? Yep. The boys up front need to finish up the, the chances. You've got eight teammates behind, and they're not eight slaves. So when everybody works hard for you up front, and you get the deliveries, you get the changes, it's, it comes to accountability. You have to finish. You have to. It's a, it's a senior football. Uh, we we enter a competition. It's not a Sunday game. It's not a Sunday morning with the kids in the park. Results are expected. So you miss one chance. Okay, two chances. Start scratching your neck. Three chances has to be in at least. So yeah, it was a matter of accountability. They're good boys. They understand. They took it on the chin and move on and scored all of them. Perfect. 
We'll just go through the results uh, from uh, from the Men's State League 4 West. Uh, Golden Plains uh, lost 2-0 at home to Gisborne. Bell Park had a home win against Greenvale 2-1. Melbourne City a 2-2 draw with uh, Surf Coast. Laverton had a fantastic 5-0 result against uh, Truganina at home. Uh, Westside Strikers, who were, uh, were your ch- title challengers, um, along with uh, with Laverton, had a 5-0 win at Spring Hills. And, of course, yourselves a 3-0 win at Barnstoneworth. We look at the table there again, uh, Sofiane. It's, it's like we're like a broken record, aren't we? It's so close in every division at the moment. Um, um Three from three from. Uh, how many go up in in your league? Is it one again? Do you know? Only one. It's only one. So it's going to be a very very tight finish to uh, to the season for you guys. How's the squad? Uh, how's the squad coping? Um, are they upbeat? Is it? Uh, um, so far so good. You know? So far so good. It's a, it's a good thing to be in the race. You know, we've got a very young squad. Uh, it comes with a good, but it also comes with a, the downside. To drop points against team that we shouldn't drop points with the football we're playing this year, so it's it's a learning curve for them. Most of the boys have 19, 20, 21 years old. I've got maybe no more than three players over over 25 years old in the squad, and they, we all have to realize that we're in the run for promotion. Yeah, it gets you back to all the way when we all begin football at four or five years old. Why did we sign up for our first? Uh, Registration is to win games, and being in the run for the promotion, it's a, it's a great thing. It's a great thing for for the club, for the boys. We are very thankful to be in there. Now five games to go. What's going to happen? I can look up. Where's the answer? We will know only when the five games will be played, and uh, there's 15 points to grab. And one thing for sure, it we will give everything we can to. Uh, be first at the end of the season. There's no guarantee. The only guarantee we can give is effort. Effort, and yeah. I can't fault the boys with the, all the effort they put in this season. So it's it's just a pleasure. And looking forward to the next five games. Well, hey, next week you've five. got. Sorry, time Go on. Yeah. I was going to say next week. Next week's game is a real tough one because you travel to uh, to Dixon Field Reserve in Gisborne, and that's always a tough tough place to to visit. Um, Gisborne, they've sort of had a little bit of an on and off um, type of a last few weeks. Um, they're, they're still fourth, though. They're still a very, very tough side. What do you know about Gisborne? Are they a very attacking? Are they a very physical? Are they a very kind of a, um, a well-compact defensive side? What sort of a side are you going to have to pull up to, to overcome Gisborne next week? Gisborne, Tonchi, it's a good point. They are the only team uh, we, we lost twice this year. Uh, West Side, and we lost against Gisborne right after the, the long run we had in Cup after the elimination against uh, Whittlesea. Not sure if you remember. Yep. We played the Wednesday against Whittlesea, they push up to extra time, and we lost the Saturday. And we copped it seriously, we copped 4 uh, 1. Very well drilled squad, very solid at the back. They've got one, uh, one boy that I had in ascendant, Adam Gazic, very strong, good player. He could easily play higher. And they had two, three boys in the midfield, very composed. They're runners. They're clean on the ball. They are, these three players in the midfield could play higher as well. Yeah. Up front, they weren't that clinical at the time, but very well compact, very well drilled, very well coached, obviously. And uh, yeah, it would be very interesting. Uh, we're looking forward to it because, yeah, 
we, as I said, we lost against them. Hopefully, we get to change things around for the for the second game against them. Lisbon, yeah, never never played there. I'm not sure how is the pitch there, but yeah, hopefully, we'll be under good condition. Yeah, for sure. Now, you've scored a league-high 56 goals from your 16 matches this season. That's pretty impressive scoring rate. How do you set your team up each week? Do you play a lot of players in attacking positions or is it a conventional system that you use that's just getting a lot of results with the boys' confidence and hitting the back of the net? Uh, we're playing to, We're trying to play as high as possible on the field. There's no truly one tactic we repeat each week. You don't know who you're going to play each week, so we try to adapt ourselves the best we can. But if you look at the, the statistic of the players in the league, we've got uh, one player, I believe, in 13 goals, and the rest of the goals, it's a mix of hmm. our left back to the right winger. Everybody must be able to score a goal and uh, be hmm. involved in the, in the game. Win state for football, first thing first, it's pleasure. So everyone needs to be involved in the game. There's no such a thing. Uh, you left back, you still left back. So we try to play as high as possible, mm. getting everyone involved. I tend to choose some technical players, more that fitness and fit players. The way how I see football. I truly believe that football always wins at the end of the day. You can be as, as fit as you can, but if you're a better footballer for me, you'll win the game. So, yeah, everybody try to score goals and... Um, we want to. See, it's what we want to see. We want to see everyone involved. Mm. And there's some uh, some big games in that five games. You've got Gisborne, as you said, on Saturday, who are in fourth. Then you've got Greenvale in seventh. Then the big one, which is Laverton, uh, in third. Spring Hills twelfth, and obviously Truganina. And if we look at your um, your opposition in Westside, they've got Truganina, Barnstoneworth, Bell Park, Gisborne, and Surfco. So you know the latter two games for them, fourth and fifth on the ladder currently as we speak. Um, you've got 12th and 10th on the ladder. So on paper, as you look at the leagues, you've probably got the easiest couple of games. But as you know, in football, uh, Sof, it's, 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 it's about taking each game as it comes, uh, each game at a time, and then working on the next one. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a good running for you. Um, you know, from, from, from my side, I, I hope you get promoted again because it was fantastic to see you get back-to-back promotions. There's not... Not many teams do do that. I know how hard State League Four is to get out of. Um, I know at Point Cook when I was there, they had you know four or five years of of trying to get out of the league, and it's a very very difficult league because only one at the time it was one promoted and then one went into the playoff. Yeah. There's not even that anymore. It's just one going straight up. So, um, right. so wish you all the best. Um, but finally, for me, how is your uh, futsal going? Because I see lots of uh, Instagram lots posts of comments. Posts. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. All good. Futsal is uh, now I dropped the ball to the kids and I formed a nice little team with the under eight and we all start over again. And it's the beauty of the game. We received, we learn, and it's time to give back. So, yeah, it's a beautiful curve. And how much yeah, is that? Great. How much is the football for the futsal side? Because I know you're big into the futsal. How, how much of the futsal element of the game do you utilize in your coaching? Futsal, it's a very tactical game. When you play at the highest level, it's a very, very tactical. There's a lot of you can take off from futsal to introduce to football, all the small-sided games that we do at training. A lot of drills come from futsal. And um, the technicality of the game, the technical ability to be under pressure always and to have the ball on on your feet always, I think can bring a lot of uh, 
a lot of qualitative football players. Uh, a lot of football players. We've spoken about that on this show a number of times about futsal and the benefits it have. Should yeah. we be doing more as a as a federation to be giving youngsters the opportunity, certainly at that you know probably eight to twelve year old um, opportunities to play more and more futsal, especially through the off season when we've got hundred ninety three weeks without any football. Should 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 that be something that we we as a federation need to need to have? Craig, you are a coach. Would you love to have players uh, technically gifted? Yes or not? Absolutely, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So here's your here's your answer. Yeah. So why don't we? Federation, um, federation, um, they have a direction. Futsal for some federation around the world, it's a very little avenue for some federation around the world, like Brazil, like France who are the two biggest nations when it comes to developing players. It plays a big part in these two countries, Brazil and France, futsal is professional. And uh, if you look at the stats, these two countries provide the most professional footballers around the world. So it's definitely something that we should look at more seriously. And uh, yeah, even more here in Australia, the off-season is that long. We stopped in September and we start again in March. Yeah. What are the boys going to do in between September and March? Yeah. Introduce yeah. something, yeah. Mm. They already know. Well, we know, uh, what was it, a year or two years ago, Football Victoria um, finally um, in, in embraced again futsal. And the person that was responsible for that, Anthony Grimmer, has now, now he's no longer with the um, with um, Football Victoria. So it's just now we've got to wait and see who is going to be his, uh, his replacement and are they actually going to pay enough attention? Because from personal experience, Safin, I've got a, I've got a little a 10, 11 year old who's playing several uh, levels above his age group, and one of the reasons is because he played futsal in the off season and the close ball control skills. I've seen kids that have played it from under sevens up to under twelves. They are just light years ahead of the other kids when it comes to having their close ball ball control skills. And as as they start to uh, I guess develop from the small sided to the slightly bigger sided, those skills keep them in such good um, stead when it, when they have to come move to the bigger size uh, fields. But um, I totally agree with you. Um, Craig, I reckon that, mate, in the, is, is, a, is an episode unto itself. Um, why we should have a lot more futsal in our, in, our, in our sport that we don't have and what can be done. But, uh, Sophie, we'd love to have you back on the show to explore that very, very interesting topic. We'd be happy to, to be on board. Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly the off-season is not that far away. I think we're going to have an opportunity to discuss a lot of topics such as that. So, uh, mate, until then, wish you all the very best. Gents, any other last questions for our guest? No, like I said, I just wish you all the best off. Uh, You're a great lad, a great coach, and uh, wish you all the best in your last uh, five games of the season, six games. Thank you very much, lads. Much appreciated, and keep going. You're doing a great job. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Sophie. We'll see you down the futsal courts. Good Thank on you. <laughs> Thanks, Sophie. I don't know about you, gents, but I could listen to that accent any day. Uh, you've any gone all gooey as well, day. have you? Oh, it's fantastic. Very exotic. It provides a real exotic um, flavor to our show. It is great. We are the world game, and it's great to have um, guests such as Alex Kobo and Sophie and Sophie with their with their um, accents, but uh, it's it's absolutely great. 
Guys, we're going to take a very, very short break. When we return, we're going to now look at the women's side of things as well. We're going to look at the NPLW. We're going to look at the VPLW as well very, very quickly. And we're going to be joined um, um, in, in just after the break by the coach of the Heidelberg United women's team, Jonathan Clemente. Really look forward to this because we don't get a chance to really uh, explore the women's game much because most of the games are played on a Sunday. But here at the Football Outwear Show, we're going to do that very much so. Stay with us, folks. It's the Football Outwear Show. A big, big shout-out to our major sponsor, Caroline Springs George Cross, who are our season sponsor. Here's a couple of words from our major sponsor. Don't go away. Where will you find authentic Maltese cuisine? At Georgie's on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Eyes. We have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids' and seniors' meals, and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of Palmers to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kids' meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. And Friday night, we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. See you at Georgies on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs George Cross. Welcome back to the Football Outwear Show, and it is time now to take a look at the women's game as well. The Victoria, uh, the NPLW competition, National Premier League's Victoria women's competition. And Steve, would you like to do the uh, honours of introducing our <clears throat> next guest, please? Yeah, we're well, waiting in the wings to come on patiently. Jonathan Clemente, coach of Heidelberg United. There he is on your screen. Good evening to you, Jonathan, and you must be in good spirits after a nice win for the girls yesterday, 2-0 over Bayside United. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, pleasure. Uh, yeah, always good when you're winning, mate, so I can't complain. Welcome to coach. Got to soak it in. <laughs> awesome. Uh, mate, first of all, um, Heidelberg, let's, let's look at the NPLW competition. So we'll look at the ladder there. Um, Calder United doing really, really well. Um, obviously, they've, they've, they've been a constant there um, non-stop um, at, at the top of the competition standings with the game in hand on 35 points. But uh, you guys are doing very well, um, 33 points in second position as well. Uh, Bulleen lost to S- South Melbourne on, um, on uh, I think it was yesterday, was it yesterday, was it? Or, yeah, yesterday. Um, um, so that opens up the make an interesting um, sort of the top four. Alamein making up the top four there on 22 points. Firstly, um, Jonathan, how have you seen the standard of NPLW football this year? Um, I, I think it's I think it's improved in areas for sure. I think in previous years, it was definitely the top two and top three running away with it. Where this year, you have a, a lot more of a balanced comp in terms of even for fighting for the finals. As you can see in the ladder there, you've got you know South Melbourne, who's making a late run for the finals. Fox Hill, FV Emerging, Alamein and Bolleen really, and ourselves pretty much all fighting for that top four spot. Um, and it's, and it's, it's difficult to crack into. There's only eight teams in the league, which makes every game competitive, which I think is, is better for, for the women's game in general. Because when you do tune in to watch the NPLW, it's, there's no 10 nils, there's no 7 nils, or very rarely it, it's always good games of football. But yeah, I think overall the standard has got 
uh, a, li- a lot more even. We did lose a, a few good girls overseas as soon as the borders reopened, but I thought we brought in a lot of good interstate players as well, not just at Holderberg, but across the whole league. So I think it's definitely balanced out, which is a positive. Craig. Uh, Craig. Uh, we'll touch on the... Um... Uh, obviously, you won the game yesterday, uh, but I want to touch on uh, obviously the night cup. And I know I saw your interview uh, following the game. Um, obviously, you were a little bit uh, dejected um, after the game against uh, South Melbourne. Um, talk us through that game for us, and how how were the girls? Obviously, they bounced back yesterday, but how were the girls after that uh, after that game? And have and have you recovered? Yeah, crazy game, mate. Like crazy game of football. Like you know, as. As you reflected on it, and I guess I can't, I can't touch it on my interview there. You know, we're happy to be there, but obviously I thought, you know, we, we could definitely win win the night cup. But as a coach, you want to have those moments where, you know, you come back from behind and you get those big victories with big crowds. But, you know, with those wins comes those losses as well. If you want to win big, you've got to prepare to, to lose big. And, you know, being 2-0 up and quite comfortable, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I thought we we're going to steamroll them in the end. Um, because we've been so dominant this year, to the girls' credit. But, you know, it's magic at the club, you know, any game, which is crazy, you know. About 500 people there and thousands watching on the live stream, you know, it was a great occasion and obviously turned to be a great occasion for South because if you could bottle momentum, uh, you'd win every game and that, that buzz around the stadium and, you know, sometimes as a coach, I, I felt at that moment quite helpless because, you know, momentum and just you just got to ride the wave of one of emotion, but also the game and hope you can hold out and, you know, keep to a 2-2 and then go again. But, you know, it, it was a magical night, like Joey Lynch said on the commentary and credit credit to South in the end, um, you know, it was a massive occasion. But in, from the girls' point of view and us, it was heartbreaking, of course. But like I said to him before the game and after the game, we've been through so much worse in your life, you know, and, and the training we had, on the, uh, the Thursday afterwards, I said, girls, we got in a room and, you know, just talking about our culture and things like that and reviewing the season. And we actually spoke about, okay, what's the hardest thing you've ever done or had to go through in your life? And, you know, we've all had to battle so much worse. You know, it could be mental health. It could be losing a loved one or not paying rent. That's, that's a real struggle. And I said, girls, we lost a football game. Yeah, it's tough. But at the end of the day, life will go on. We'll have a game on Saturday. We're in a fantastic position in the league. And to be honest, it's probably the biggest turnaround in NPLW history, what we've done with Holderberg in such a short time. Embrace that. Be happy. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs in the journey. But at the end of the day, it's a journey, you know. The journey overweighs the, the, the destination in the end. So bitter at the end, but, you know, we move on. And, and yeah. we've got to win back. Yeah, well, well, let's have well yeah, let's have on. a look at the results before we do move on. Um, so round 15 results, Box Hill and Calder United. Now, that game was washed out. Alamein defeated Football Victoria emerging 4-1. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Heidelberg, uh, you guys defeated Bayside United 2-0. Steph Galea scoring in the 44th minute. Danielle Wise in the 88th minute. And then South Melbourne defeating Bulleen Lions 3-0. Next week, Calder United at home to FV emerging. Bayside United seniors, um, they're, they're taking on South Melbourne. Bulleen Lions at home to Box Hill United. And um, on Saturday afternoon, uh, you host Alamein. That's going to be a pretty tough game. Um, you definitely want to uh, sort of solidify second spot, but even make that make that push for the top spot. Defeating Alamein is part one of that plan, isn't it? 
Yeah, for sure. Alamein really roll coach side with Kat Smith, who's just got the, the West Indian Wanderers job, and, and congrats to her again. But yeah, it's uh, always always massive games in this league, which I, I generally love and enjoy. But we've uh, they beat us the first time we played them, and then we beat them the second time. So it's definitely going to be an even game. But Alamein as a whole, they've, they don't score many, but they don't concede many. So it's a very tough game to play. But, you know, I'm super confident in my team in the squad. But like you said, we want to push for as far as we can and push Holder all the way. For context, Holderberg have never been in the top four in the NPLW. So even consider that, you know, from where we were last year, we were sixth. So, oh, we're actually going to try and push Calder, who's, you know, been, like you said at the start, mate, the mainstay of the NPLW all the way. You know, we're happy to be here, but like you said, we've got to beat Alamein on the weekend and win as many games as we can just to, to put the pressure on. But an exciting challenge nonetheless. Um, a lot of questions coming in or comments about Stephanie Galea, your captain, and she's a uh, top scorer in the uh, MPLW this season as well. Uh, how important is she uh, to you and your team as uh, as coach and uh, um, someone who can score goals prolifically but also uh, have that leadership role to pass on your message uh, to the girls when, when they're out in the field? She's a Maltese legend as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> And a big fan of Stephanie Clear. But yeah, Steph, Steph's amazing. She's, you know, proper leader, but not verbally, just her actions. You know, she the, what she does for the club I, off, the, off the field is, is tremendous. But in the way she leads on the field with her actions, her work rate, her top speed, she does all those 1% one, those is really, really well. And, you know, like you said, she, she can score goals. And um, having someone as influential as that on your team is so important because, as a young player coming up, everyone looks to the A-League players in, in the NPLW and all oh, who are these A-League stars and coming down. But you look at Steph Galea, she's never played A-League, but hey, she can play. <laughs> mm. what, what, what a player in the NPLW, what a leader. And that's why she's who she is because not because of her name or what she's done previously. It's what she continues to do. And yeah, she's definitely a massive asset to have. Sanch. We're gonna, um, Jonathan. Jonathan, if you, we're gonna have a quick look at the um, VPLW competition as well, and then we'll talk about the expansion of next year's NPLW, which is going to be quite, quite exciting in many ways. And also, there may be a double-edged sword, and we'll talk about that a bit later on. But looking at the uh, VPLW competition, there that goes. Um, now, the first up, we've got um, some of the results that happened over the uh, weekend. But Eltham Redbacks got off the bottom uh, by drawing against the Melbourne Knights 1-1. That was at Eltham North Reserve. Uh, Whitehorse United succumbed to Melbourne University Soccer Club uh, earlier today 2-1. Uh, Melbourne Uni winning there. And um, Preston Lions, they are just unstoppable. They defeated Southern United, who were previously third-placed, uh, four goals to nil at uh, Salandra Recreation mm. Reserve. We don't have the scores of South Yarra and Geelong Galaxy or Boone Yeah, that was 1-0 Eagles. to South one nil to South Yarra, Tonch, on that one. And, and do we have do we have a score for the Burundara Kerry Eagles and Casey Comets game? Yeah, Anyone? the uh, Burundara won 5-0. <clears throat> oh, excellent. There you go. Well, when I say excellent, those two teams obviously are going to get promoted. But um, there there is also talk, uh, Jonathan, that it's going to be the top four in Victorian Premier League W that are going to get promoted to make it a 12-team competition. Um, what have you heard and, and what are your thoughts on, on the expansion of the NPLW competition? I think exciting in, in the first part because we, you want to have, well, sorry, you need a competition with promotion and relegation. 
Yeah. There hasn't been promotional relegation in the NPLW and obviously the state leagues in years. Um, so we need to have that for sure to have that competitive nature. And, and have the clubs something to aspire to. You know, we want to put money in the women's game, but with no relegation, what, what's the point? They know they're going to be safe. So something that definitely needs to happen. But also I believe that the top two there, Preston and Buendara, will be a, a great add to the NPLW. But the reason why the NPLW went to eight teams in the first place was to keep the quality high. I believe, yeah. personally, just my opinion, if we had four teams, I don't know if you're going to keep that quality. Mm. And that's, no. a, that, that's, that's a serious concern. Obviously, you want teams to have the chance to play in the top div. But I think if we expand too early, especially on the eve of the World Cup, if you look at our NPLW and past in previous seasons, good players will leave to go to the New South Wales comp because they deem that to be a better competition. If we add four from the VPLW, is that going to make us better or worse? I'll, I'll probably say worse if it's four straight away. And we yeah. miss losing players to New South Wales because it's more a competitive league. So, yes, we want to expand, but my personal view would be Preston Burundara, 110% deserve it. They've got the financial backing. They've got the stadiums. I think they are ready to be NPLW. And Preston, for sure, like a great yeah. team as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we add too quickly, we, we might diminish our own league and kind of shoot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, oh, look, I, I totally agree there. I've I've watched a lot of uh, I've, I've commentated, um, and Steve, you have as well, a lot of the uh, Geelong Galaxy games, and and there was one game in particular that involved Preston. Um, they are absolutely a class above anything in the uh, VPLW competition, and they've got huge support. They've got a massive fan base, um, which is absolutely which augurs really well for NPLW competition. Burundara. Um, co- uh, correct. I totally agree with you, Jonathan. They have been always constantly up there. But if I if I pop that ladder on again, there's a big difference between yep the top two and then the next batch. Uh, Melbourne Uni, Southern United, Casey Comets. You start to get further down. As as we saw, Craig. What did you say? Burundara defeated Casey Comets five one five nil. Was it? Five nil. Yeah. So, yeah. So there is a huge huge golf. And it just, I do not understand whether it was politics at play or whether people are not thinking too far ahead um, and sort of starting to just try and, you know, we've got the Women's World Cup on next year and they're just, you know, trying to expand it too quickly. I think it's a recipe for disaster. But look, time well, ultimately, ultimately, Tonch and, and John, you you want the best players playing against the best Absolutely. players. That's the whole point of having Absolutely. an NPL structure. Um, yeah. If you're going to get teams that you're going to be beating, you know, ten nil uh, on a weekly basis, that doesn't do any good to anybody. Doesn't do any good to the winning side. And it certainly doesn't do any good to the to the to the side got defeated. So, you know, for me, I, I'm in agreement. Two two teams would make it great. And you said there, you know, facilities is massively important as well. Um, you've got two clubs there with great facilities. That would be a fantastic addition to to the MPLW for sure. Yeah. Steve, yeah. thoughts. Yeah, look, yeah, look. Ten might be a good number for next season. Maybe twelve might be a bit excessive, uh, given that it's uh, what is the only eight at the moment. It might be a little bit much to just chuck in yeah. another four. That's half the league as it stands at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, it's a and lot. If you look at it from from a fan point of view, would you rather watch Holderberg be colder three times instead of twice, but then Holderberg and Colder were playing, you know, mm-hmm. a team in the VPL who they smashed. Well, I was just going to actually say that. Yeah, it, yeah. I was actually just going to say that. Is it a case of you know to get more games 
Um, obviously, the reason they've put a, a, an extra two teams in there is to get more games. But surely you would be better off playing each other three times. Yeah, I, I think it's quality over quantity for sure. And, yeah. you know, we're getting fans actually start to watch the MPLW, like I alluded to, for the for the night cup. You know, there's about 500 people in attendance. When we played Preston at George Cross early, uh, it was a massive fan base. And, you know, it's because people are invested and they can see the quality of the league. If they tune in just to watch on NPL TV and see eight nil, are they going to tune in the next game and say, "Well, this is exciting. Let me no. keep up to date." They mm-hmm. they won't. You you got to keep it interesting for the fans, so the fans can be engaged, but also the clubs can back us financially and say, "This is a good product. The league competitive. We need to splash the cash because it's so competitive." Not, oh, my team will be all right. We'll go yeah. a minimum minimum budget because we know we're not going to finish bottom because there's yeah. four NPL mm. teams coming. In theory, you know, so definitely a double-edged sword for sure. Jen, so I want to I want to um, discuss this top uh, this um, comment that Simon Camilleri has put in the chat. Not enough players to expand to maintain the competitive competition at all leagues will be affected. Now that's a really good point because it's got a flow-on effect now. Um, so if four teams from VPLW move up, uh, there is talk that next year the Vic- Victorian State League women's uh, Division One competition will have three teams from the northwest and three teams from the southeast go up into the VPLW competition to make that a twelve-team competition. Once again, the the flow-on effect then is further down the food chain. You're going to have clubs that are not yet ready to make that that jump. They either don't have the resources, they don't have the players, they don't have the um, the finances to be able to do that. And we're going to see a lot, a lot of score blowouts next year. Uh, and maybe not not necessarily at the top level, but we will see them certainly down at the uh, you know BPLW level, State League One level. Um, Craig, you know you're involved with uh, with with George Cross, and and that's a very very ambitious club. They're in State Three, and they're going to do well. They're going to jump up to 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 State Two, no doubt. But there are going to be clubs below them that'll probably make the jump up as well. That that George Cross women's have been smashing um, by by decent scores, so. Is that going to be a problem or is that just short-term pain for long-term gain? What, what are your thoughts about that? No, I, th- I, I think it's something that needs to um, to be really thought of because it's okay getting, and we all want as many women's teams, girls' teams, ladies' teams as we can. Okay, We want, uh-huh. a, we want an equal field. That's, that's what we want. But it's not going to happen overnight. And I think rushing these things through will have an adverse effect to what the clubs, uh, what the the actual end goal is, quality, as as uh, as John has said, quality over quantity has to, yeah, that has to happen. Yeah, George Cross girls absolutely blitzing it this year. Got a very young squad of players, uh, a great coaching group there. Um, you know, and and you're right, they will go, uh, uh, they will get promoted next year, and you know things may change within the leagues that they may be given an opportunity like North Geelong did, where they've jumped up yeah. a couple of leagues to go in. Now, the only <laughs> If your team is good enough and you're having the results in your specific leagues, why shouldn't you be given an opportunity to go and play at a higher level, providing all the tip, all the boxes are ticked? So it's not just because you beat somebody 15-0. It doesn't matter whether you beat somebody 15-0. If the quality of that team that you built is, is 50, it's about goes back. Everything goes back to quality. All right? So I think having these teams coming up is great, providing... There's a tick box that says, right, your ground's up to scratch, your coaching level's up to scratch, your players, the quality of the players that you've got are are up to scratch. And if that happens, happy days. 
Yeah. Because the and last thing we want, as, as, you, as you said, poor old, um, uh, is it Bayside in your league? Um, at the bottom of the league there, uh, five points for the for the whole league. Um, that can't be enjoyable for, 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 for those young ladies playing playing there. You know, a minus 48 goal difference. Who's winning from that, John? Yeah, no, you're right, mate. It's um, like I said before, you, everyone wants, like you said, you you want to get play, uh, teams promoted and it's more women's games, but it's it's all about the quality. And, you know, based on to the credit that they've done a lot better this year and they've, they're improving, but, you know, five points at the bottom, you know, but then you push more players up. And like we said, it's a flow on effect. So state one years ago in women's was a top, top competition. Now mm. it's three teams running away with it. And nine nils the rest of the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. So mm. those up to VPL, and it'll be the same thing. And state one next year, where where's the consistency in the leagues? The only yeah. consistency at the moment is the MPLW. From first to seventh, everyone can beat each other, and eighth to, to, as well. Baseball can definitely win games, yeah. and that was a good game on the weekend. But through the course of the year, they're really the, the tough tough games. Whereas you look Gents, at the other, and win ten nil. Yeah, so where's, yeah. where's the standard? Gents, the other thing to take into consideration, I think once again, Simon Camilleri makes a really, really good point that under 16, under 18 girls will need to step to fill a seniors team. When you get into state one women's, you need to field a reserves team. And a lot of those clubs are struggling to do so. So they've either got one of two scenarios, girls playing in the reserves and then fronting up and playing in the seniors. And some of them are very young you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds doing that. It's, it takes a lot of toll on their body. But also others are finding their entire under-16 teams, as Simon rightly pointed out, they're now stepping up the entire team. Now, if you've got a couple of players that are absolutely fantastic and deserve to step up and play in a high grade, that's great. But you're basically getting an entire junior team now, pushing them just to field the side each week. Now, if you don't field the reserves team from State 1 upwards, then you don't have a license, you don't have have a spot there. And clubs are now trying to grow too big too quickly without having that depth. So that is another concern as well. And I'm hearing that from a lot, a lot of clubs in the state two kind of state one, one echelon, if you like. Um, so it's definitely an issue that, um, geez, we've, we've talked about some good issues tonight, gents. We're going to have to get Jonathan back on once the season finishes and really talk about the expansion and the development of women's senior women's competitions because there definitely there is an issue there. From your side, um, Jono, just before we do finish off, obviously we've got the World, Women's World Cup coming up. We ask everybody that's involved in women's, how how important is is that tournament for, for women's football? Not only not only in in, uh, in Australia, but particularly for us here in, in Victoria. Um, obviously, the, we've got the Matildas who are going to be based here up at Bund, uh, Bundura, isn't it? Yep. Um, you know that's hugely important for for the game, but you know how important is it for the young uh, for the young girls coming through that we've got the World Cup here? I, I think it's huge, mate. Like you, you can't be what you, you can't be what you can't see, and these young girls are going to have a, a full generation to to look up to, and it's going to be massive, obviously, on our doorstep. But probably what's more important than the World Cup? What do we do after the World Cup? Yeah, because absolutely, mate. Like, Momentum, yeah, funding. We can't just have a mm. tournament and go, Oh, it's done now, it'll grow. We really should really kickstart us, you know, yeah. not be the, the climax of women's football in the state. And that's the really... worry, isn't it? That's the worry yeah, because you know, it's, it's yeah. you know, we go, we go back to the men's competition of 2006, Steve, 
you know, with mm. the World Cup, with the with the the the, the team of the century. Uh, but we've done nothing since that. So we we chose to not to develop on what was a historic side for Australian football, wasn't it? But we, you know, we lost the, the the country's lost its way. We can't afford to do that. We've seen it with the with the Matildas that. You know they've lost their way over the last probably year or so. I think we, I think we, we can we can openly honestly say that their results haven't been what everybody expects mm. them to be. Um, but yeah, it would be a, um, a catastrophe if we didn't do something after the cup to uh, really ignite football, Steve. Well, even in the current time, Jonathan, I, I imagine you know you watch a bit of the action of Tony Gustafsson's side. Well, what do you what is, what's your assessment on the Matildas? At the moment, are you, uh, you know, as concerned as we are about how they might perform by next year? Or do you think they'll be able to get their stuff together by 2023? I think, you know, results are always a little, a little bit concerning. We, we're not winning and probably not playing in the, in the manner we were. Yeah. And it's, it's not like we were so good long ago. It was, what, three years ago that Matildas yeah. were one of the top countries, uh, top sides in the world. A little bit concerning, of course, but we, we have quality in that team and, you know, I think the more concerning part is, you know, I keep going, alluding to the future. What do we do after the World Cup? Even irrespective yeah. of the side and the results, is there really a good enough development system going up to make sure we continue to have success in the Matilda space? You know, the funding we're going to get from the World Cup, how are we how are we going to use that? Is it going to go to the junior girls? Is it to, to the Matildas? There's so many. So many ways we have to look at it long term um, for the Matildas and, and for us in general because it flows on. Matildas doing well helps us here in Melbourne for junior development, but the Matildas need the junior development as well. So it's, yeah, you know, it's a very well put. Very well put. Yeah, and I'm just looking at one of the comments here, and it's actually from uh, from the George's president, uh, Mark Sultana. And sorry, my uh, my uh, my my. Mouse has, uh, has decided to play it, but um, um, he's basically saying that the club are, do, are trying really hard to uh, to to get their girls' youth system uh, for the long term growth, which is you know what all clubs should be looking at, you know, from six seven years old, um, getting them ready. Um, how how do Heidelberg um, do in that in that space, John? Have they've got a very good youth structure underneath on junior structure underneath that? Yeah, we we have a, a very good junior MPLW system in place at the moment, but. One of the biggest things, actually, that we need to improve on, and so does the whole league, is the mini ruse for the girls. So mm-hmm. we we start at you know, under 12 girls, which is pre-NPL. But before that, the girls should be playing, or we have to kind of pilgrimage, if you like, looking for girls in community teams that can be in a pre-NPL set up and then the NPL the year after. We need to really be looking at under 9 girls teams, under 10, under 11s, because the teams that do that well will set up for success and, you know, have that long-term development process. But, you know, to the comment there for Mark, it is hard. It is hard to get girls committed long-term. So my suggestion would be, and it's been something I'm trying to do for Heidelberg, and I hope everyone kind of does it because we've got to try and help each other, is don't have to lock in junior girls to full seasons. Do six-week camps, for example, uh, or mm. programs. Well, they are only nine or ten that, okay, you're in a six-week program. It's <coughs> no commitment. If they enjoy it, they might do the next six weeks. Similar to what we do for like at the pre, you know, the pre mini rules, you know, you're under four to eight. Do that for girls mm-hmm. at an older age group. You get more catchment. You won't get the lock-in uh, commitment. But if they like it, the girls will come back and you will have more mini rules girls for the future. So that's something mm-hmm. I think we can definitely do. 
What a what a very mm, interesting conversation, a can of worms that this conversation is opening up. Um, and we thank you, Jonathan, for coming on the show. Uh, wish you all the best for the big game against Alamein there at Olympic Village, 3 p.m. next Saturday. Um, and if you're in that area and you're looking after some top-class football, watch this. And if you can't be there, you can certainly watch all these games on NPL TV. Um, thank you very much for joining us once again and wishing you and the Burgers all the very best for the rest of the NPLW season. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Love to do it again. Yeah, great chat, Jonathan. Good Thanks, on, John. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Best, John. Good on you, thank Jonathan. You. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do this again without a shadow of a doubt. Now, um, before you've got something you'd like to, I don't know, introduce, is that right? Something uh, no, just close, to run. Or close to your family or no, something not, that not, happened not on even, the weekend? Or... Not even that, Tonch. You know, um, you know, we talk about, you know, we talk about football and how important winning is. And um, I put a little photo that um, Mark Avellino sent to me yesterday afternoon uh, while I was up watching George Cross <laughs> and, uh, and Brimbank. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's all love in, in battles. And I think, you know, there you see it. And I know, I know the, the one of them is my lad. Um, the one on the just, right, correct? Yeah, the one yeah that's right. Up. But that just shows, you know, you're in the heat of battle. Um, it's a tough, tough game on an awful facility. <laughs> um, and I just think that just shows what the game is about. Yes, they are mates. Um, and they do get on very well. But that just encapsulated everything <laughs> about what football should be. Um, unfortunately, we know that it's not always that case. But um, that photo there will uh, certainly stay with me for a long, long time. It's a it's a fantastic caption. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, just wanted to share that because I think it's really important that we uh, we all get hung up on stuff sometimes. And as many guests have said tonight, uh. it's, it's, it's all it is is a game of football, isn't it? It's you know they they say a picture tells a thousand words uh, you know that that picture goodness me tells a million words and I'm sure uh, Morgan Filer he's already been uh, uh, oh, he's adding had his, some, his, he's had some oh, stick uh, let me tell you that's he's a been has, hashtag his, new profile uh, pick isn't it yeah it's oh, a great that's it's exactly a great right. photo. Yeah. More hugs uh, best and in kisses. the business, uh, Mark Avellino. Best in the business, I think. <laughs> he does capture some great pictures. That's that's for sure. Uh, now, some um, uh, I guess some important news. We are not going to be on air next week, unfortunately. I personally am unavailable, um, and so we're going to take a little bit of a mid-year break, if you like. Um, it has been such a hectic period. We will return in two weeks' time, and it is going to be well. Just as exciting, the the run home for promotion or relegation, however you like. But um, it is going to be a very, very interesting final five or so so weeks. Actually, there's a catch-up round in there, I think, gents. I think it's the first week of August, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yep. Also, yeah. the Doherty so, Cup final weekend on that same weekend. Correct. The 7th correct. of August. Yeah. So, so lots of football happening. Uh, gents. And we'll be planning, of course, for our 100th show as well, Tonch, wherever, wow. wherever we do for that. But we want to make that yeah. a, um, a bit of a, um, a special show. It's 100, 100 shows. It's um, It hasn't been easy. Um, yeah. But the plan is that we try and get some of the guests that we've had on the show um, out the course so of the four years and, and have a bit yeah. of a um, a bit of a get together and a live and a live show potentially from uh, from our major sponsor Caroline Springs George Cross that would George be great wouldn't it? Vista, that would be absolutely fantastic and something we look forward to 
Steve, great to have you back on the on the as part of the team. We missed you, but uh, a big shout out to uh, Lockie Flanagan who did a very very good. Josip Zilic as well stepped in um, on one episode, so uh, it was good. Done to have very those well, guys both on. of those boys. Yes, but uh, you, compared to you, mate, you're irreplaceable. Oh, well, your, your, your words are too kind, Tonchi. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us back. Thanks, Tonchi, and thanks, Craig. Speaking Good of job, which, man. Steve and I will be back tomorrow more, tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. for the Geelong Region Soccer Show. We look forward to that. Good on you, folks. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and being a part of tonight's show. We look forward to your company in two weeks' time on Sunday or uh, the 24th of July for episode 97. Until then... Um, enjoy your football because in another five or six weeks, the season will be over. We'll be saying, what do we do next? Good night and thank you for being a part of the Football Outwest Show. Good night. Good night.